This week on What's Up ABQ, Lindsay and Ryan return to check in on a business they featured on this podcast almost a year ago. And not surprisingly, a lot has changed. I think the change was coming before this. It's a new world, and it's going to change drastically, I'm sure. Listen as they find out what's new, what's changed, and how the pandemic has shaped the way they do business. Enjoy this week's episode with Thirsty Eye Brewing and What's Up ABQ. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And this is season two of What's Up ABQ. Well, hello, Albuquerque. This is Ryan. And this is Lindsay. And today we are back at Thirsty Eye Brewing Company. So it's been almost a year. I think it was July the last time we sat down and did a podcast. So it's been almost a year. I mean, it's May now, but we're, we're pushing almost a year. So it's really exciting because you're one of our first um, follow-up podcasts to kind of see how we're doing, where we are now, what's the progress. Um, so I'm really excited to sit down and talk to you guys again. So what is life like now for you guys? Strange. <laughs> Not ordinary. Um, we've been shut down since the 17th. Amelia opened back up. What's it been? About three weeks now? End of April, we reopened. We've been doing um, to-go takeout for the last three weeks in anticipation of reopening whenever that's going to be. <laughs> so. And our gallery next door has been closed also. Listening to what the the last proclamations by the governor and stuff, I'm kind of planning with the gallery and the brewery, planning on opening beginning of June or sometime. Especially the gallery, I'm just going to jump in and do that. So I've been working on a plan for that, and we'll see how that goes for the new normal. (laughs) So speaking of the new normal, what does the new normal look like here at Thursday? It's funny, you were saying, you know, it's almost been, it's been about a year since you've been here, and, you know, you know, a year ago, if if you asked me where where do you expect to be in a year, this wouldn't have been it. Yeah. So, you know, right now we, my my focus is keeping my staff safe. And I figure that by protecting my staff and making sure that they're safe, that we can then keep our customers safe. Um, So that's kind of like the the basis of which the reopening process has gone on. You know, we went from, you know, having music and events and and theme parties and fundraisers and all that. And so, yeah, packing the place, both sides, the gallery, the patio, and and the brewery. And now, you know, we're trying to, you know, rethink how can we do this? How can we maintain, you know, an air of social responsibility, keeping everyone safe and still have fun? Summertime is is next weekend. And, uh, you know, 
we are all, everybody, every single person, no matter who they are, what, what their affiliation is, is anxious to be social again on whatever level. So we're coming up with, you know, different contests. We're going to have a new beer we're putting in the tank. We're working on our lagers since we have, we have that kind of time. Generally speaking, this time of year is not the time where we would be doing lagers just because we'd be flipping our beer so fast. Uh, keeping our cores was difficult this time last year uh, on tap. Um, and by, you know, getting people involved, say, you know, here, name this. We're, uh, when you place an order, you can also donate to the storehouse, which is our neighbor just down the street, you know. As everybody else is, is, is having troubles managing through this time, if you've got a little extra something, you know, or can facilitate something, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to, I'm trying to keep that, that element of a community going that we had started here because we've had so many people reach out to us and be like, how can we help you? You know, and, and how can, how can we keep doing stuff. So right now it's, you know, it's just kind of keeping it skeletal, being mindful of, of distancing rules, being mindful of, you know, making sure that people can have a good time and it's not going to affect my staff. There's different PPE that I want to employ when we actually are able to open the doors. At this point, we converted our front door into a pickup window. We've taken away points of contact throughout the whole process. So, you know, with that being said, you know, we, we've launched a website, you know, where you can order online and, and schedule the time that you're going to pick up, which I imagine is still going to go on with us for a long time coming. I'm thinking about trying to see what we can do when we actually do open doors to maybe even having people be able to order online for their drinks. Because we're going to, you know, we're looking at, you know, op having the whole space open. Um, so just making sure that we get to everybody who wants something. Uh, and then that way, they're just touching their own things. We're not having to handle their credit cards or cash, or at least we're able to minimize that as much as possible. Because those points of contact are the places where, you know, there could be the slips. By the, having a limited capacity, you know, it kind of helps you in those little areas. And everybody, I think so far, just from being out in the town, going and seeing how, what other breweries are doing, how everybody is doing at the grocery store and all the, you know, common places that we all have to go to still. And, you know, I, I've been really impressed with how well people are taking the ordinances of wearing their masks, uh, of maintaining distance. Of course, there's people who don't, but I mean, I'd say for the most part, and based on what I, you know, the grumblings I see, you know, on social media, you know, I, I'm really happy to see that people are taking this seriously and that, you know, it's not just about you and what you're comfortable with. It's about, it's about all of us and all of us doing our part to make sure that everybody can, if, if not be safe, feel safe. Absolutely. So I know that a lot of businesses have had to try to figure out how to adjust because of all this. And um, it's been great to see the kind of ingenuity that's come out of it. Where do you get your ideas? A lot of our ideas, you know, as soon as this was kind of coming down and we kept getting all these different changes, it was like, okay, now it's this, now it's this, now it's this, you know, the owners were like, let's just close for a little bit, let's see. And in that time, I started kind of going around and seeing I knew we were gonna, we were gonna be reopening, and I just needed to figure out how to do it. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that people are doing online. There's a lot of stuff people are doing locally. You know, unfortunately, our business model does not allow for curbside. 
So we had to pivot and do a pickup window. And it works great. I've yeah. used it several times. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We all have our stations at, in the brewery as staff so that we're limiting how much we're overlapping and how much interaction we have. You know, we have like a little table. The bar, the person who fills the keg or the crowler, you know, whatever they're getting filled, will sit it on the table. And then the person from, you know, from the front area will go and they'll spray it down so that they know that they don't aren't going to be passing anything along and then they bring it to the front. It took me a, quite a while to to figure out my best practices for dealing with the crawler exchange because initially when we reopened we did not have a crawler machine. The crawler machine is fantastic. I, I encourage everybody to use the crawler and order crawlers. You can order them online. It's simple. It's easy. For those who don't know what a crawler is, what is a crawler? Oh, Crowler is a 32-ounce can. You know, we, we, we purge it with CO2, fill it to the brim, put it on this awesome machine that, you know, just in four seconds, the can is closed. And I opened one that I put in my fridge two weeks ago. And I was so impressed with the carbonation and the head. I, you know, I only thought maybe they'd last, you'd be good a week, you know, and, but, but they can really maintain that oxygen barrier better than uh, a screw top growler can. So in addition to that, you know, nothing's been in it ever before. Very few people have handled it. And so in my opinion, it, it allows for you to have that sort of assurance. And because they last so long, you know, you can get a three-pack, you know. We, we're doing a little special where we're doing $3 off, you know, three-packs. So, you know, it, it just in, encourages you to kind of make your, your purchasing all at the same time so you're not having to come back repeatedly. And now, you know, you've got state parks and, the, and different things open. So Are you can go out... Again? That's my understanding. Okay. Uh-huh. State, parks. State parks. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a couple weekends ago. So people can start, and the different private campgrounds have opened up. And, you know, so people are starting to, you know, get outdoors. And bringing glass outdoors isn't a great option, in my opinion. Well, I have to say, my husband and I had a quote-unquote date night whatever that means in quarantine, I don't know. We ended up getting some crawlers and some takeout and we opened the trunk of our car. We parked in the Mesa. We had our dinner. We sat and drank our beer and it was actually really nice. It was, it was a good quarantine kind of, kind of date situation. So I can attest that, yeah, crawlers are much more portable. I feel like, and you don't, you know, you don't feel like a crazy person swinging from a big old jug. instrument when you're done drinking it at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, Amelia, that you had mentioned, and I wanted to kind of touch on this, um, we were talking before we were recording, and you had mentioned something, and I really liked the way you said it. You were talking about how you're supporting other local breweries during this time. Um, did you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? I'd love to kind of share that with the audience listening. Oh, sure, certainly. Um, you know, right now we've got two beers on. Differential's been closed since the, you know, the quarantine began. And they had uh, put in the tanks a blackberry uh, uh, white corn cream ale that you guys are enjoying right it now. It's delicious. It is delicious. It's like, honestly, like the perfect summer beer. It's crisp. It's like, kind of a little fruity, but not overpowered. No, this is like, this is like a patio beer. Like, yeah. this is is the perfect patio beer for like when you're sitting watching your kids in the waiting pool because you can't leave your house. <laughs> Officially endorsed. <laughs> I'm only speaking for myself here. Um, but no, this is great. So. Yeah, so we had a couple extra taps opened and there was some, some things that, you know, I wanted to round out our our beer selection with, you know, uh, we have their hard seltzers, so we can do that now also with the 
Italian syrups, so you can you can customize it. Uh, over at Differential, they were doing hard Italian sodas. You know, we're we're kind of simplifying that a little bit. We're also uh, offering a sugar-free option with our uh, passionberry tea as as the additive to that. I've I've, I've sampled that uh, last week and it was quite delicious. But yeah, I mean, they've been closed. They brewed that that cream ale for the New Mexico United games. And so, it, it, you know, it's a little bit of a heartbreak that they're not playing right now, but, uh, you know, luckily we still get to enjoy that beer, you know. We can still celebrate United through our beer, guys. Even if we can't be at the games in the stands, we can still celebrate. We'll always be United through beer. That's right. That's right. It's a uniting factor. <laughs> and generally with our guest tabs, you know, I try to get, you know, more beers that are out of town to kind of offer you an experience that, you know, you can't find just in town. You know, so we have three different beers from 2nd Street at the moment, We've got the Agrofria Pilsner. We've got their Bone Shaker. Uh, they're, they're branding it as an uh, amber ale now, but uh, it's ESB, and it's also gluten-reduced um, or gluten-removed, I think is the what term they use. And uh, we've got Rowley's Germophile. That was the GABF winner from 2018, that nice Berliner Weiss with mixed cultures. And then who else do we have right now? We've got Tractor Cider because, you know, Sky was one of my teachers in brewing school. I love her, and she's just been such a, a help and inspiration. We've also got... Who else? Oh, Nexus. Nexus has always been somebody who's helped us out in a pinch. So we've got their yeah, IPA. They're just down the street, and they're they? just down the street, you know. So, I mean, you know, the, the only way we're all going to get through this is if we can all lend each other a hand, you know, and, and keep that culture going. I mean, we've created this beer, craft beer drinking community that, you know, centers themselves around, around this beverage and, you know, just the experiences that we all have in life. And, you know, we have this camaraderie with this with this with these drinks and with the with the establishments that come with them by just coming here it's like you could support the storehouse nexus rowley you know second street and tractor and you know just anybody who else you know we're we're talking about getting some local artisans to make some merch for us as well so that we can do another aspect of offering our customers something an enjoyable thing like i'm looking at our belt buckles and then also helping a local artisan because they don't have those big flea markets and and everything that they once had. All those impulse buys that people used to make from them are, are not really quite there. You know, everybody getting together, like the distilleries making the hand sanitizer, uh, the breweries supporting, you know, Bow and Arrow, you know, did a big fundraiser for the Navajo Nation who's being really hit hard and, you know, kudos to them. And, you know, at, at this point, we just all need to do something for somebody else, not just ourselves. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's what makes Albuquerque such a strong community. We've talked about this a little bit, but I think we're unique in that we look after each other. I know that not every community is like that. I wish they were, but you know, I think that as New Mexicans, we kind of see, okay, how can I help my small business or my community or my neighborhood? But then also how can I help my neighbor next door? Whether my neighbor's a brewer or an artist, like for example, I make jewelry and I sell it at coffee shops. Well, coffee shops haven't been open. So I'm like negative $300 every month. You know, I mean, and that's, it's big. It doesn't seem like a lot until you don't have it. Um, And so those little pushes to help your neighborhood, your community succeed, those small nods, they matter and they mean something and, and it's appreciated. 
you know, we have to look out for each other. So I think that you're doing a great job here doing that and, and thinking of ways to kind of engage everybody. So how has this affected the art, the, um, the artist community? It's been bad. <laughs> um, so much of the artist community depends on community, exhibition spaces, exhibits, all of that kind of stuff depend on people, <laughs> you know, and I've had a show, the show that's up next door opened in March and it was open for a week before they shut down everything. So we were able to have the opening, but that's Just been barely. barely, barely, because people had already started to cancel events. Right. And, you know, so our, our turnout that night, you know, was surprisingly well for what we were anticipating, but certainly much lighter, especially for an artist, that, well, you know. Had been, you know, Amelia brought to us the idea that the winter was going to be tough, um, January, February, notoriously are bad in the brewing community and stuff and and in a lot of businesses we had a pretty good winter um the business was getting better and we literally uh were looking at an april that was going to push us over the hump and the things we had planned the art shows that i had planned Lucy's a, a huge uh, force here, so her opening should have been one of the biggest. Um, we did sell some work out of there. I've sold some work online. Um, we've never really done that before. I've always kind of been... A lot of the galleries now have become more online than brick and mortar. And it's just something that, um, you know, is going to have to change. And I think the change was coming before this. So it's a new world, and it's going to change drastically, I'm sure. We're going to dive in and see if we can make it work. And if, if we can't, we can't. But I'm all for giving it a shot. You know, it's like the Crowler machine that we bought. We had talked about it, and it was on the list. The day that we shut down, I called, ordered it, let's get it. And, you know, so. so, you know, it's an interesting concept that I think we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, but I feel like Albuquerque is one of those cities where we can actually try new things yeah. and fail. Absolutely. And it's okay. It's not going to wreck us. So I'm kind of curious to know if this is maybe one of those opportunities for the art community, the brewing community, to go go at it full steam and, and try things and see what works and what doesn't. Because I think we're all going to do new things in this in this type of situation. We have to. We have to adapt, right? So I'm curious to know, are there things that maybe you've tried that you never would have tried before, given, given the situation? Sure. Um, I mean, just... The online stuff um, we've never done before. And we're doing it with the brewery, too, to have more of a presence with that. Albuquerque, I've always said, in, like, next to our art neighbors, Santa Fe and Taos, 
Albuquerque's never considered, you know, an art destination. Which we are. Well, <laughs> we are. We're huge. <laughs> We're huge. <laughs> And, and what I always say to people is just what you were talking about. We're a petri dish in Albuquerque for every type of gallery possible. Now, you know, they, they range from, you know, highly backed to just the weirdest little things out there. And we started that way. We started in a tiny almost closet sort of thing. And I, I used to joke about it because everybody, the, when you walked into the place, it, it was half the size of this. And when you, from the outside, it didn't look like anything. And when you walked inside, it always looked much bigger than it was. And I always said, well, it's like the holodeck instead, you know. <laughs> And, and people would walk in and like, oh my God, it's much bigger than I expected. You're ready to be surprised, Albuquerque. We got a lot, a lot more where that came from. <laughs> uh, well, we are at about our halfway point. So we will take a quick break and then we'll be right back. On some level, the way we were, I, I never, ever would have guessed I'd be selling beer lemonade stand style, uh, you know, outside my, outside my house, you know, with a little table and, or the doctor is in. I was, I was thinking about this as he was talking and I was like, maybe we should give out bad advice. We had, Rhythmic Moon would go around and part of the thing that they would do is, you know, they'd have belly dancers, uh, musicians, performers of all types, and, you know, they would go around, you know, people from their group would go around and ask the audience, you know, if they wanted to purchase some bad advice. And they would give you, it was like, they were 50 cents or two for a dollar. You know, that was a real big deal. They had some pretty high-grade bad advice. I say you could have, like, bad advice fortune cookies or something, you know, that come with the beer. Because <laughs> everything's bad right now anyway, so. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, you know, because we've been doing dress-up themes where, yeah. like, the people, the employees will come up with a theme, steampunk, wearing purple, tutu Tuesday, or, you know, we had we had aprons the other day, you know, and we just, you know, just keeping it fun, lighthearted, you know, making it feel like some sort of event because it, it's kind of like you have to celebrate each moment right now and, and find the fun that can be had because it's not just going to be given to you with glitter uh, and sparkling and lights. You know, you got to make it yourself these days. And you know what? It's kind of nice. I feel like not to, not to put a light on anything that's, that's happening, you know, that's been happening, but I feel like just before this, we were going at a breakneck pace. And like, I hope that some of this ingenuity and frivolity become part of the new normal, you know? I want it to be, because, like, we couldn't sustain what was happening before, you know? It was nuts. Well, I saw a really good cartoon um, recently that was talking about there was one little guy sitting and he's like, man, I wish everything could go back to normal or back to the way it was, I think was the wording. And then the other guy says, well, why can't we just go forward instead? And I think that that's a really good yeah. perspective. You know, we can look at the way things were. We can take this time to kind of reevaluate and re-kind re of think how we're doing things, how we're doing life and work and leisure and all of this other stuff. And I think the outcome is going to be hopefully that we're a little more progressive or that we move a little bit more forward and learn. I mean, I think that's all you can hope for really is just to kind of take it and learn. 
you know, instead of maybe going back to this breakneck pace you're talking about, like maybe we can actually... I like mice. For myself, you know, we had two and a half years of planning and building out this place that, you know, and I did a ton of the work. And then we've been open. The gallery, we've kind of expanded. And... I'm kind of a workaholic. I just work all the time. And this has been one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. I didn't realize how just worn out I really was. And, you know, when you get worn out like that, you're not effective, you know. You think you are, but you're not. And... So I I literally slept for two weeks, I mean, when this thing shut down. And, you know, my wife kept, like, I'd be napping, and I'd sleep 12 hours, and, are you okay? And I go, yeah, I think I'm better than I've ever been. <laughs> One of my favorite authors, George MacDonald, said, there is such a thing as sacred idleness. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think it's... Nice to think about the whole world, you know, is like you're saying. I I think it's going to be one of those transformative moments that, you know, the four of us sitting here right now can't even imagine. And, you know, the, the great thing is, is that the generations coming up are going to have gone through this. And it's it's good to know that all of those ideas about where you are in the moment, what, what your plans are, you know, you shouldn't... I kept telling myself, I'm glad that I've done all the things that I did in case I can't do them anymore. So, you know, and, and I miss all that, but I don't miss it in a way that it can't be in the future. It's just going to be different, which is good. I, I think different is always bad. I think no. that different is just different. I mean, you can adapt. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I had a question for you, Amelia. Um, <laughs> so have you seen, this is such a silly question. Have you seen coronavirus perpetuate people's interest in beer? <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, increased beer sales at all? Are people like, well, now I have the time, so. Well, I can speak for myself at the beginning of this. I went on a, cr- as soon as we said, I came into work and then they were like, nah. <laughs> well, let's just, let's just call it. Let's see where the, where, where, where this is going and then we'll come up with a game plan. I immediately went to all the surrounding breweries all around me, ate at the restaurants, had a beer, bought crowlers, and, cause I knew, I'm ready to buy your I'm ready. I, well, <laughs> Also, I know that you weren't going to get that at Smith's, and I didn't expect to be an essential business, you know, which, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, during our closed phase, I I sort of reopened for friends and family, testing out my models of, like, you know, doing curbside and then finding out, okay, can't do curbside, that's that's illegal. Okay, no, not doing that. Okay, so, uh, you know, okay, so now we do the pickup thing, you know, and just trying to figure out how I could 
take the orders and, you know, do everything I needed to do so that I could maintain my own safety and the safety of my friends and family, you know, and, and just knowing, hey, this beer ain't getting any fresher, you know, it, it needs to keep moving. So for me, I think a lot of people, I mean, like, have you seen the, me- speaking of memes, the one that was like, oh yeah, and you're talking about the future generation, you know, and it was like, you know, I, I can't wait to see the, what the future generation of kids does, you know, who were homeschooled by day drinkers. Yes, I literally <laughs> just posted that two days ago. Those yeah. are my kids we're talking about. You know, I mean, I mean, of course, it's it's taking things a little bit far, but you know, but still, I mean, we've we, we've seen this. You know, I think another good point about this, you know, Kim was speaking about how he um, he was able to catch up on rest, and the one thing that you know, once you're able to kind of let, let go of the worry and the fear you can take care of yourself. It's like centering yourself. And, you know, I started looking back into, uh, you know, Qigong and, you know, different practices that I used to have as part of my daily life. And it was really interesting because there was this uh, a, a, a woman who was teaching in this Qigong class. She was doing a live stream on YouTube because you can't go to the gym anymore. Right. You can't go to your community center. She had gotten reached out to by a member of the Zuni Nation. And she, you know, she had this big, you know, like half the video was not even Qigong. It was her, you know, just talking, basically reading this letter and talking about it. And, and this person, you know, was saying we're at a point of, we've, we're at a portal and we can either fall through into despair or we can see the changes that need to be made and change and follow through you know, with that vision and, and go through the portal. In addition to that was a big message about how taking care of yourself, if you take care of yourself, you can take care of the world. And one of the things that that brought to my mind was when I was studying acupuncture, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, so we can't, we can't offer and we can't be part of the solution if we are depleted ourselves. And I think that's the good thing that, you know, some people are using that, that self-care and they're, then they're buying craft beer with it, you know, and, 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 and responsibly drinking it, you know, and, and enjoying it while they build their garden or, you know, remodel their house or, you know, take, yeah, girl, and take it and taking care of, you know, their, themselves, their roots, their base or figuring out what that next step is. And I think I think that's a really positive thing. And I feel that, you know, people are realizing, you know, they're checking in with each other more, you know. So, like, your family network is, has, has been expanded by your friends and family. I've and had more dinners at Lindsay's house now. I know. I'm like, please come over. I'm so sad. I'm just, I need people. Do you want to come over? Okay. <laughs> oh, are you going to feed me? Great, I'll be right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a beautiful dinner party at, at a park near my house. House, where you could tell it was like two couples, they're being socially distant at yeah. the park. They each brought their own food and they had their own picnic blankets, but they were in talking range so that they could catch up and, you know, have that community. We are social creatures, you know, and isolation is a form of torture. And, you know, we're all just, I, I, I hear it, I hear it every time the phone rings and it takes like 20 minutes to order like two crowlers or something yeah, like that. <laughs> 
let me tell you about my kids. Do you want to hear that? You're like, look, I just need your beer order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm ready to put the, above our above our little window the doctors awesome, in. Right? <laughs> you know, tips. Yeah. Well, I think you make a really good point about about um, mental health and and self care. I think that that's the first thing that goes by the wayside when we're living this crazy, busy nine to five nonstop lifestyle is your own self care. And I think this has given the opportunity for people to stop and slow down and realize like, okay, I have the time now to think about what I actually need and how I'm actually going to get it. And, and how do I be healthy about that? To stop, collaborate and listen. (laughs) You're so funny. Ryan brought the jokes today. Um, (laughs) They liked it. (laughs) No, but I think that that's so true. And I, you know, I think that we can sit there and we can work ourselves to death and and constantly be busy, busy, busy. But eventually you're going to work yourself into the ground. And so the one good thing that's come out of this situation is that we can kind of realize the richer things in life, what matters, how do we enjoy them? How do we support our neighbor? How can we cultivate a sense of well-being for everybody? And to actually make it work out. Because like so many times, I don't know about everybody else, but like I feel like I can either self-care or I can work. Right. And it always feels like an ultimatum. But now, we're because we're all in this together, literally, we, we have to figure it out. You know? And so I'm really looking forward to like the next phase for humanity because we'll have taken maybe a couple more steps forward, hopefully, um, into living better, making things work, but actually making it sustainable realistically. Right. Well, and it's so funny. I think about all these things, um, you know, just looking back at, at history and at society in the past. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's interesting. You can come down to, you know, downtown Albuquerque, you can see these old Victorian houses, right? They're all built with porches in the front. Why? Because people used to go out and their social life was sitting on the porch and talking to their neighbors and maybe having some lemonade or drinking, if you will. That's, that was their socialization, right? And we've gotten so far away from that. Now we have bigger backyards and like no porch, nothing. We don't know our neighbors. So it's kind of funny because my neighbors and I have instituted um, driveway happy hour. Yeah, you were doing it the other night. We were doing it the other night, yes. Um, they're, they're teachers, and my husband's a teacher as well. So, you know, once a week we get out there, we talk, we, we maintain our distance, but we, we have driveway happy hour. It's great. I never would have done that before. You know, I never would have experienced that before. I think that more people are realizing that the people around you, you know, on left and right, are the people that make up your immediate community. And if those are the only people you have... You better, you better like them and you better spend some time talking to them. Um, you know, and it's just, it's interesting to me how we're kind of revisiting these old school kind of values, you know, even like gardening, right? Like you look at world war two and victory gardens and what are people doing right now? They're planting gardens because they're like, well, I might be nearly buy a flower because everybody started baking. (laughs) All of a sudden we're all bakers. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's just this old school sense of like, oh, okay, this is part of a community experience. And so we're sort of, I think, relearning how to be a community, maybe. And we really are. It's not just like slapping a slogan on it. It's, it's legitimate, you know? And I think that we're obviously, I think we're beginning to see the benefits of that. I know everyone's focused on the negative, but we're starting to see the actual benefits of, of when you have... Being forced into community. Yeah, no, but really, you know, and like, you're going to do this and you're going to like it, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. You were talking about beer production and how, you know, normally we don't have time to focus on ales right now. 
like loggers, yeah. loggers. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. <laughs> loggers. And it's like all this creative stuff, like necessity is the mother of invention. Right. So all of a sudden we have all these people that are like, well, I want beer. And you're like, I have the time and the resources. We can focus on this now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun. No, I've seen that with, um, with books too. Like I felt like I wasn't getting enough writing done and I was always like down on myself. And then I realized like I've always finished novels. Why don't I just focus on getting those published? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing instead, and it's made me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten into my craft pile of clothes, uh, things like that, that I've been like, oh, all that needs is a little bit of glue or a tack of solder or whatever, and I've been knocking those down. I feel so proud of myself. I think there was a point there where you weren't feeling like you were productive and you weren't having that sense of accomplishment. You know, for so many of us, that it's just like, well, what's the point? You know, right. you know, we, we associate ourselves and our identity so much with, you know, what we do and, and, you know, what car we drive and, and all those kinds of things. And now that's kind of, now, now you're reduced to an avatar. <laughs> I finally finished a project. I have a 57 Siesta trailer and it's literally been sitting in my driveway half done nice. for like a year. You know, last October, I think was the last time I did anything in it. And so this last week I've been like, okay, it's time to finish the trailer. If it, if we don't finish it, it's just a, it's just a piece of junk sitting in the driveway. It's a lot of room. Well, we finished it, and so now we're getting ready to like take it out and actually use it. Finally, it's taken me yeah. a year and a half to do. Well, this. you just need to fill it up with some crawlers next. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I have, I have an old school <laughs> ice box. Camping edition, you know. Maybe you could cool. I've been able to work on my um, my Mustang, and she's driving around again now. It's yeah. great. Well, you know, it's so funny too. It's like my husband is celebrating his birthday on Thursday and for, and we're going out of town Friday. And I was like, how can we, how are we going to celebrate something like this in, you know, in this time? It's like, okay, well, how are we going to support people that are like, well, we could rent an Airbnb, right? So we like, we're like, you know, let's look at some funky options here. So we're going to go to Taos. We're going to rent one of those earth ships Mm. and check it out. Right. Because that's not something we would normally do. But because we have the time and we're limited in our options, we're going to go check out one of the Earth ships in Taos. And I'm really excited about it. And it's like a great way to celebrate. It's not something I would have done before. So I think the creativity is the high. uh, What do you call it? You know, there's not, you're not involving a whole bunch of people. You're not, you're not, you're not mass gathering. No, it's still (laughs) going to be an adventure. And I'm really excited about it. So. Are there any last things that you'd like to share with maybe listeners or maybe the the local small business community? Um, How can Albuquerque support you guys? Oh. <laughs> well, w- once we figure out what we can do, <laughs> you know, we'd love to have everybody back. And I'm really looking forward to seeing our uh, regulars and stuff, but in a non-regular <laughs> phase. <laughs> What was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> well, it's okay. What, what would you like to share with listeners, small businesses, um, about maybe times right now or how they can support you? Oh, sure. Go to www.thirstyibrew.com and uh, you can get, you can order your crawlers, set your pickup time, buy merchandise, get a membership. We're going to have games, uh, contests, um, giveaways, uh, costume days. We're going to keep all that going, you know. We're going to, as much as we can, we're going to create an event. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much. Hey, Albuquerque, and thanks for listening to What's Up ABQ, Albuquerque's very own podcast. 
Every week, Ryan and Lindsay talk to the people who add unique flavor and make a positive impact to our fair city. We help point you to the places you need to see, visit, or patronize, and to do this costs some time and resources. So, without sounding too needy, could you help us out by pitching some funds our way? You can drop some bucks in the tip jar by donating at whatsupabq.com. And if you know about a local business or establishment that should be featured, or you own one yourself, drop us a line at abqwhatsup at gmail.com. Again, the website is whatsupabq.com, and the email is abqwhatsup at gmail.com. We've also got a few sponsorship spots open, so get in touch with us soon to reserve your business's time on the show. What's Up ABQ is produced by Lindsay and Ryan with post-production assistance from me, Paul Nixon, at paulnixonvo.com. Make sure and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Tell your friends about us, and thanks for listening.